there is a covert threat to all of Bajor. Oh yeah. Spoonheads in sleeper cells made to look like Bajorans. Oh yeah. We probably need to ban Bajorans until we get this sorted out. Oh yeah. It's time for fuck our country is a total mess, a chilling fucking mess. It's going in. If I edit this, that's going in. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition podcast, where we will be going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the greatest TV show that finally tackles trans speciesism. <laughs> as we remarked on, that's not exactly what this is about, but hey, we can talk about second skin. Right? It opens the door uh, to trans speciesism. Yes. Yeah. With me, as always, that was James Nolan. Hey, guys. How's it going? And also, we have Hugh Crawford. Hello, gentlemen. And my name is Wade Bowen. Yep. And we're talking about Second Skin, the fifth episode of season two. Season three. Season, season three. Where it starts getting good. Yes. Pre-Cisco goatee, but still good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. We're talking about <laughs> Second Skin. I'm sorry. I was... Usually this is the point where... He... Yes, I usually try to stomp all over your audio toes and try to barge in with the, my <laughs> IMDb uh, segue, but here it is. Second Skin was the fifth episode of season three. It originally aired on October 24th, 1994. The IMDb description is as follows. Hera finds herself on Cardassia as a Cardassian. She is told she is called Ilya Gamor and was a Cardassian spy. So yes, those two sentences pretty much uh, wrap up what this episode is about. Uh, she she gets taken. Uh, Kira gets taken, uh, right? <laughs> gets stole. She gets stole. She, stole. she gets stole. And and uh, basically, this is a this is like a like a fifty degree day episode, as far as I'm concerned, fellas. I I think. Oh really? Oh yeah. really? Yeah, I think I it's this like, was like a Peter. I thought this was like a good. This was a Peter Allen Fields minus the Peter uh, Allen. I'm with I'm with I'm with Wade on what this. What it was to me, well, I no, I I like it. I it's, mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah, it's when I think about Deep Space Nine and my favorite episodes, I'd wonder like how many down the list I'd have to go before I remember Second Skin exists. That's my whole thing. Like I don't think whenever we think about great Star Trek, I don't think Second Skin is the one that jumps out on us. I think it's a fine episode. I just don't think it's you know. One of the essentials. Because it stands out to me as the one where Kira is a Cardassian. I remember that. Yeah, that's true. But. Yeah. You know what this feels like? It feels like we stumbled upon whatever Palace Intrigue TV show was going on in Cardassia. And the crew from <laughs> Deep Space Nine happened to like guest star this <laughs> I, it's a I, Korean soap opera. Yeah. Well, that, and that's what I like about. That's what I like about. I mean, I yeah, like that. Yeah, I like that too. To, to me, mm-hmm. the world building is so deep on this episode that it feels like its own TV show. Like whatever's going, something's going on in Cardassia. People want to get off the planet. There's an oppressive uh, authoritarian regime. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. there's spying going on. You know, it's very far fetched stuff. But <laughs> things that could so, never ever happen here. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. Uh, dissonants are being snuffed out. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's a, there's something going on there that I think that is, is kind of fun to watch play out that has really nothing to do with what's going on with Deep Space Nine or the station itself. Oh, for the state. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of stuff I feel like in old episodes that have been set up that we're dealing with, even going that we talked about going all the way back to that Cardassians episode mm-hmm. season two, episode four, where we were joking about Hey, what what about trans speciesism where a Cardassian decides to be a Bajor and you know, like or vice versa. Yeah. And then we, we get there in this. I mean, it's not totally a decision made by choice, but Yeah. And and they did that in the the O'Brien Tribunal episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think we liked. I don't remember, or we were we were more ambivalent, but it was it was a good ambivalent it was a good ambivalence. Yeah. Yeah, this episode... Okay, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. I love this episode a lot. And I think that what I appreciated about it more than anything is that it's all of these sort of interesting things. It's the Cardassians, it's the palace intrigue and stuff. But this is something that I feel like if this was a season two script, the episode would be about this sort of, but also about 
Julian not being able to fuck Jedzia. Yeah, yeah. And like Jake wants to help Nod with a school project. Yeah. I think that this would have been, it would have been so cluttered with other shit. Yeah. That, but what, what, what this shows is that I, it was a confidence in the idea yeah. that it just stayed laser focused on it where you do get to see multifamily. I mean, you do get to follow Cisco as he tries to get back his first officer and all this sort of stuff. But everything was so tightly structured around a well-conceived central mystery. I am interested in that as a, yeah. as like, you know, when, when talking about Westworld or something like that, you have a well-conceived mystery that you're interested to be, to under, to unpack. And <laughs> right. that you still like, I mean, we know how it turns out because we've seen this before, but as if you're watching this for the first time, the possibilities are kind of, yeah. kind of like huge to think about. Yeah. Hey, like Kira could have an origin story that <laughs> is based in, car- you, seriously, yeah, like yeah, we don't yeah. know. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And there's a way that the story was written that was pitched. It was even more, not even more interesting but it was the, the, yeah the, really i'll get to that I in a minute but i just want to finish that like robert hewitt wolf here wrote just a perfect confident story and i really i think that this may even as much as i've been liking some of these episodes this is i mean i'm not saying that it's as good as duet or as good as necessary evil but it is it's up there with its tightness like a house right. and speaking of, of duet in a lot of ways to me it felt like a sequel to duet even in some, it's all about well in the way that it's just framed mm-hmm. and it's a Kira story and it's all it's also kind of about her coming to terms yeah, she has to reach a detente with an older Cardassian gentleman exactly and <laughs> yeah. yeah and she's has that kind of Peter Allen Fields ambiguity you know mm-hmm. like, yeah kind of yeah. like thing at the end like bittersweet there was so much more ambiguity in its its original pitch okay so it was originally pitched oh. as O'Brien Turns out to be an actual Cardassian. That was how Ryan. Are we talking about the same guy with his shirt off? Yes. Those man boobs. (laughs) Yes. Yes. uh, Originally, it was pitched, and I think he just wrote it and just turned it in as a O'Brien is. It turned out to be a Cardassian this whole time that he was kidnapped. So he could call him Cardi, and it won't offend him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's okay. okay. I can call him Cardi. Yeah, that he was kidnapped. I can say spoon it. I'm one of them. Not cool, man. Not well, cool. I can say that. You can't. <laughs> so that was what it was, was that he had turned out that he'd been that the whole time. And the, they went with that script for a while. And I think even Colmini was on board. But someone said, why doesn't Molly a spoonhead? Uh, and they were like, oh, yeah, fuck. We can't write around that. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So they actually, yeah. So they couldn't write against that. It, he, he got a kid, man. You can't, yeah. oh, oh, you can't right. genetically alter sperm. <laughs> like, well, unless they unless they make Jordy the baby, the <laughs> yes. daddy, you know. Like, <laughs> so, okay, so they threw that out. And he wrote it with Kira. And then he wrote it at the end to where when Bashir says, nope, we checked your Bajoran. Their line was that my DNA tests were inconclusive. Oh, okay. When it was still Colmini? Or- no, no, no. They changed it to Kira, but Robert here at Wolf's script, and he kind of fought for it, um... was that Bashir's line was that your DNA test was inconclusive. Because they leave that, and they leave that little snippet of that implanted, I think that I didn't miss a line that maybe hand-waved this. He references an implanted memory in Kira. Oh, the horror cat. Yes. Yeah, did like, they explain that uh, away and I missed it? No, that was okay. I was gonna when we got jumped through it. I was gonna bring that up. Okay, but yeah, they at the end they explain away everything except they they forget about. Yeah, it. so that 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 was like a, I mean they could hand wave that we implanted one memory and when we were putting your spoon in, right, right. But like still that was not explained. So and then on set. Berman changed it because he's Rick Berman and he has to ruin everything. So Ber- Berman changed it. So it is what it is, but it's still pretty great. And I, you know, and I'm fine. I don't know. Would you have liked, yeah, like, I mean, I don't I, know. Robert Hewitt Wolf was really intent on having a Blade Runner ending with is Decker a replicant sort of ending. Right. And it doesn't have that. So it's fine. But no, this is, yeah, this is a special, I don't know. I think this is a pretty special one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would have loved that full Peter Allen film. It's an ambiguity. It's my, yeah, I would have, yeah. You know, like, oh, you're probably not, but we can't say. And then you just like, wait a minute. They explained everything except for that. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. cat that I never told anybody about. Yeah. Don't, don't. And then mm-hmm. ominous music plays. Yeah, but, I guess yeah. we should say, just thought really quick off, just because it's trivia and I don't want to wedge it in on more. I mean, not only does her father, not her father, but. Leggett Gamore come back. Leggett Takeni. Leggett Takeni Gamore comes. He comes back. Gamora, yeah. But in the books, I guess a major villain is Ileana Gamore is a major villain in several books. Uh, so of interesting. Yeah. Well, see, that's that's how the books work. Like every nugget 
that's thrown away in the TV show is is safe for safe. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like the buffalo. You know, <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't waste any piece. Yeah. they don't waste any piece. They burn it shit for fuel. <laughs> so, and that's I mean, you know that she's got a that Kira's got a secret Cardassian doppelganger. Seems like a wasted opportunity from the show's point of view. You yeah, because I have. Well, when we get to the end, uh, I'll mention my feelings on that. Okay. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. So it starts off because we got to get everybody in. It's Jadzia at the Repl now. And Quark <laughs> shows up, talks about anti grav sailing. Uh uh-uh, uh. Uh-uh. And... Uncle Quark is that. <laughs> Uncle Quark. Oh, right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, just because I, I don't know, my God, I, I feel like I'm just an, one, an ending, like, shitting on Terry Farrell. But her, she has, like, a line and a half and, like, four reaction shots in this whole episode. And this has maybe been some of the worst acting I think she's given us. Really? Yes. I, I didn't think there was anything to really No, I know, but when she goes, like... Kira, it's you. When they see the picture from the detention center, Kira, it's you. It's one uh... of the worst. But I did, I, you know, I don't even remember okay. that, so I can't. I uh, can't no, that sp- no. Speak to now, it. wait a minute. I had I was going to take umbrage with the line itself it's, because what, it's it's, it's a dumb thing. It's a dumb <laughs> thing dumb. to have to have any actor like you. You could you would never make Leonard Nimoy say that. It's you, uh, Captain. It's you. You know, I mean, come <laughs> on. It's clearly you're looking at a picture of Kara. Yeah. 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 Well, they had. Yeah. You're right. You're right. They wrote it into the script. There was. Oh yeah. I forgot. It's a visual medium again. Again. Yeah. (laughs) I get you there. So you're right. That's a dumb line. But she's. She doesn't. She doesn't sell it when she gets there. I don't get. I don't get the sort of tension in the first little. I know that they try to pack these opening scenes with as much sort of weird energy. I think they're just setting up that Kira doesn't like the hollow sweets. They're like, oh, here's a character trait that we're just going to throw away and maybe we'll come back to that it. Kira, Kira doesn't like duplicity and like fakeness. Oh, maybe that's why. Yeah. Yeah. I like I that. picked up on that too. She, she doesn't want to go parasit anti grav sailing on the great erg on New Mecca. Yeah. Uh, whatever. It's versatility. <laughs> <laughs> she, she doesn't. She doesn't like, yeah, I think they that was kind of definitely handled. I thought it was definitely handled, but then you didn't pick up on it. So maybe they didn't they didn't hit you over the head enough with that, Wade. <laughs> well, it's not a scene you over. I was focusing too much on the shit I like. But yeah, it's not a scene you overthink. You know, it's it is. It was just such a strange energy to start. It was the second is, season. Oh, okay, where, maybe it was how it was directed. Because the fact of the matter is, you have somebody with that technology. That's like somebody now that doesn't like microwave ovens or moving pictures or something. Uh-huh. Why would you have somebody in, in that? In the future, who doesn't like their most entertaining? Because she grew up in the Ellum Spur Detention Center, yeah, well, where that's her mom true. died when she, she was she three. Grew up in the shit, I understand. She probably sleeps she grew, on the she floor was in the shit. because mattresses are too soft. Yeah, right. She played with you know bones, and I don't know what she did. <laughs> well, she would. She was really bad at finger painting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, because she talks about her mom dying when she was three, but then. Going back to another episode, she goes and talks about her mom was disappointed about her finger. And they actually, they actually fixed that. She's oh. lying about her mom dying oh, at nutrition. Right, right, right. <laughs> Did she know her that? Her mom was uh, in the joy. Yeah, of... yeah, yeah. That's spoiler material. I mean, it is totally spoiler material, so you can edit that out. But I, yeah, well, I don't remember enough to yeah. talk about it. I don't know if she yeah, knows yeah, it, but her, her mom was in the joy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but she <laughs> remembers her mom, and back in season two or season one, where yeah. it was, I think it may have even been was it duet. I think it was maybe do where she's talking with Jetzia about. Yeah, I remember what you're saying. There's somewhere where she makes Jetzia a reference about throwing rocks or something. Because I'm in the podcast that we talked about. It, I was like, what the fuck? I thought she was in the shit. What is she doing? Finger. I thought she had like some. She was raised in some sort of Terminator like John Connor existence. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, right. And it turns out she was. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know where that came from. But in the because is this the first mention of the curve? They province? finger paint in concentration camps. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> I finger painted with Bajoran blood. With my mother's blood. She told me i wasn't good at it so yeah so no i, I yeah they they needed to have a better book on her that they stuck a bible like that they stuck with but yeah yeah i feel like they're starting to get one here they talk about the dakur province the shakar resistance they've mentioned before but i don't remember if they said she was from dakur province before I don't, this. We, we actually have the bible yeah i mean we have a bible like I'm a, i always felt like that was a pitch bible though like it doesn't go yeah yeah much deeper yeah like where are we at? So she gets a message from Bajor about the Ellensburg Detention Center. It's where she was held, mm-hmm. supposedly, 10 years ago. But she has no no working memory of that. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, no, I wasn't at the De- Ellensburg Detention Center because I was in 
the Kerr province and the Shakar resistance. And I remember, you know, we starved and we didn't have any food. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. there's some thin-faced Kabolian or something. I don't know. The walnut-shaped head. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that the same aliens that when Bashir had his Bela Lugosi episode? It's possible. I know that I know that later on in this episode, when they do the hollow projection against Cisco to make it look like he's, he's another alien race. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was used from the clip in Duet. Where some guy's like, hey, this guy like stole it away on my ship. When I talked to that guy, like that oh, was used again yeah, and yeah. Cisco just dubbed other lines for him. And that's so that therefore that's the only performance never credited to its appropriate actor in Deep Space Nine. Okay. Because they never gave that actor credit okay, yeah. for the role for, for being reused. It's a Cobarian yes. freighter and he, he's like a Mac and me alien. That's yes, he is very, it. very yeah, goofy. We looking. get some really great Garrick and Cisco scenes, and that's kind of oh, yeah, yeah. that's kind yeah. of lost in the shuffle and the and and how the plot unfolds, but we get to see the lengths that Cisco will go to get his per- his people back. Yeah, no, no, the, yeah, and and how even Garrick is like I appreciate in this episode they almost went out of their way more than in previous episodes of making everything that Garrick says that is somewhat revealing about his spy past that he has to hand wave it over with some sort of excuse for why a tailor, tailor would know yeah. this. Like, and I like that yeah. they kept with that, like through the whole, like it's clumsy. Yeah. It, I'm sure it felt like dogged on the page, but it was, it's kind of a joy to watch as a motif. Every yeah, line. yeah. And he knows nobody buys it, but he's yeah. like, oh, whatever. Yeah, no, it's, it's a clever, it's a, it's a fun thing. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Uh, like the Garrick stuff in this is, um, A plus Garrick that's, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And Garrick good. versus Cisco. Yeah. I, I like Garrick and Bashir, but Garrick versus Cisco is always my favorite because I feel like that they're the most um, evenly matched, evenly matched, doggedly pliable. Like they're both sort of they're very practical. And obviously, the, like in my mind, the best episode of Deep Space Nine is them. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no spoilers, but them coming together to orchestrate a very pragmatic solution to right, a problem. Right, right. Well, that's what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. Thing. And I and uh, I like that they true. meet on that sort of level. I like to see them do that. And so that makes me. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy when they're together. Because, yeah, because she got stole because there's there. Well, first she talks to a fat Bajoran that remembers her from the. Yeah. from the detention Yeah, he center. thought she had died and I almost felt like he, he said, I'm sorry and I thought he was going to say, I hope you don't mind but I stole your commissary card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Alenis <laughs> Brim, I think is his yes. name. And he's wearing the same it, it, he's dressed like a slut. So. <laughs> yes. I, I only say that because, oh, just this is super nerdy, I guess, but going back to when they get the guy who shot Liberty Valance back at oh, yeah. season two, when they go to the Cardassian prison gulag or whatever to get the war hero Mm -hmm. they dress her up and o'brien says oh no cardassian will be able to resist you in your green vest yeah she was dressed (laughs) like a normal person which is this and and the the fat guy from the detention center is dressed exactly in the same in fact the exact same shirt it looked a little tight yeah (laughs) yeah yeah he stretched it out a little bit but yeah so she she has to go deal with it she goes to the bajor and she gets stole she gets stole she wakes up and she's uh full she's full spoon head but i have a question specifically about the spoon Kira's spoon looks like like my it, it right? looked like my daughter had painted on it or something. <laughs> yeah. Makeup. They do that. That that's like eyeshadow for the Lady Cardassian. Is that, is that candy? Please tell me that's explained to someone. I mean, I yeah, buy no, it. I like it. I was asking <laughs> about it because I like it as a, as a detail. Someone had the idea. Let's shade in her spoon, and I like it. But I like is that like verbally established on the show that women like to paint their spoons? I, I have no idea. But I like it. I like it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like it. She too. had a colored spoon. Well, I tell you what, if people have an answer for us, they can give us a call at nine one seven four zero eight three eight nine eight. That's our hotline number. If you have an answer oh, about yes. the makeup spoon, yes, you can definitely give us a call. Uh, any sort of Kardashian uh, cosmetic tips. Or policies. That would be great. I'm sure there's a pink shuttlecraft yeah. that Cardassia has for their Mary Kay rep. <laughs> <laughs> for their spoon makeup. Yes, and it, it, they'll let you know that you can you can sell Cardassian makeup too. Yeah. If, if you get five people under you, right. then they get five people she under you. She does get them. some Cardassian jewelry later on, but well, yeah. well, I'll yeah. take a few minutes to talk about that. <laughs> so Intech is the Obsidian Order guy that's here that's going to question her. Because the story is that she is actually a Cardassian who was sit as a spy on Bajor and they had their memories replaced. And they're going to give her this drug that re- brings back her Cardassian memories. Mm-hmm. But she's a stubborn lady and that doesn't take. Yes. Her dad, Legate Kenny Gamore, is 
would be nice. Yeah, a couple observations about this uh, sort of stuff. The uh, who was the name of the was it the Lega? Obsidian? No, yeah, who was the Obsidian Order guy? Intech. Intech. Okay. Ent. Now he's fantastic because he was one of these actors. Yes, I'm uh, Gregory Sierra. Yes, he's one of these actors that can actually act under the makeup with his eyes, uh-huh. similar to the actor that plays Ducat. Yes. Uh, Mark Alame. Mark Alame. Alame. Yes. They know what they're doing with their eyes. And they know how to move within the makeup really well. I was actually yeah, going to point out, that's one of the things I was trying to point, is that he, I feel like with Cardassians, there's a specifically, and I think it works against Legget Gamor, who's played by Lawrence Pressman, who's a fine character actor, but he doesn't look like, there's a certain kind of facial features that the actor needs to make Cardassian makeup work. And Gregory Sierra, Marco Lemo, they have it. Yeah. And I almost think that it almost, you have to be like a, and I I don't want to like be this sort of crest, but maybe like a Italian, like a really ethnic Italian. Well, there's like. They seem to have the right facial features to like really make that work. Yeah, there's, well, there's two different kinds of Cardassian types that we get. We get like the Marco Lemo Intech types. Uh-huh. And then we just get the round old men yeah that's true you know like and i think that never works like that i can't remember the actor's name from duet but it doesn't I don't know. he's fine but he doesn't that he doesn't look satisfied there's something satisfying yeah, yeah. about mark alema or gregory sierra in that makeup i agree they're the best but the, i don't know like it works for me as uh, a sierra type. had a re- recurring role on sanford and son and yes. soap and hill street blues like you've seen him around in a lot of yeah stuff. he's famous in a lot of that stuff and he plays a lot of like you know, he plays a lot of like thugs and like Serpico. I don't know if he's in Serpico, but Serpico like movies from the seventies. If you watch him, mm. no, he's he's been a the he's towering a, inferno. Yeah, yeah, he's a good actor. He's been in a lot of stuff, and he's he's really great. And he's just good, just in general. His acting is great. But I mean, the look of him, he looks so because it seems like there's something about it. And I'm not saying that the actors look reptilian. But there's a certain facial features that when you put the spoon head on them, when you put the whole neck gear and all that stuff on them, they just they look interesting. Yeah. Like the head of a cobra or something. Yeah. I you know, I'm curious, actually, not just thinking out loud, like as far as the casting goes and those types of guys and the guy that is in all the Maki episodes, which I don't think is as good as this guy or Ducat, but whatever. He's fine. He's got a similar look. Oh yeah. 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 And they're always the mean guys. Whereas the old, if the casting is like, Oh, for the nice Cardassians, we get these older rounder men that are, yeah. These Dick Van Patten types. Like, yeah. That are, they play, they (laughs) just from aesthetic. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if that was a consideration from the, well, he's a good one. So let's give him a rounder, more friendly kind of actor looking to do that. Cause it seems like there are two types that they cast. In all I think that they are probably consciously trying to cast, I don't want to say uglier, more interesting looking yeah. faces for the more villainous Cardassians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I whenever... Think if you know how to behave in the makeup, it really does help. You're right, you're yeah. right. No, I... Yeah, and like, yeah. I think that wrong. to some degree, this is the only negative thing I'm going to say about her in this episode, because I'm going to shower her with like great praise here in a second. But like, I think that you could see Nana Visitor a little bit constrained under the makeup. I don't think that she was as comfortable in it as, as Marco Lemo is or Gregory Sierra in this episode. Maybe. Yeah. But I mean, that works well enough because she's not comfortable being a Cardassian either. You're right. You're right. She, I mean, that. You're right. It's on the minorest yeah. of, the, right, right, right. Of, of critiques. But I don't think that, yeah, she doesn't look comfortable yeah. in this makeup. Sure. But you're right. It comes yeah. off as not comfortable. And yeah, no, it's yeah. it's it's pretty great. Yeah, she's pretty she's pretty uh, great. OK, uh, so let me yeah, let me go to the praise. Moore comes in and tells her where the cameras are. And oh, yeah, and he's like, oh, they're in the corner. Like what? The cameras. Oh, but they turned them off for me. It's like. I don't know. After meeting, uh, I wouldn't believe that for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And Auburn Tane knows enough to turn off the blinking red light, but that shit's still running somewhere, you know. Yeah. Yes, I wouldn't <laughs> believe that for a minute, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, like let's talk about like cause you're right. Like Kira here is like I think that it's what she's doing in this episode is probably the supreme testament to like where I think that she's really grown in this role mm-hmm. because you can imagine all of these sort of outbursts of feelings. I think even I go back to when we talked about progress in season one and we were kind of like, I was a little bit on the fence, but you guys were like, no, this is, this is her kind of getting it right. Yeah. You know, her performance is modulated correctly, but I still think even then you can put her into the scene and she would have still become, ah, I can't believe you guys think I'm a Cardassian. Like, I think that you can still see her playing it too much yeah 
But yeah, there's yeah. something about it where you get the shock of her, the shock of her, her disorientation. You get her exasperation. It mentioned battle lines, Kira, and this. exactly, exactly, because <laughs> she has a breakdown scene, like when Kai Alpaca dies. She does, except yes, this is a lot better. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh my god, you're right, you're right. Battle lines is like the perfect. Well, no, see, James, what you're saying is that this performance is understated and nuanced. It's nuanced basically. that she has. We don't really get to see this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she has like multiple sort of ways of tackling it, but ultimately, what she always stays at is what we like to see in our leads is that she has a confidence she's confident and controlled yeah and she's even brave in the face of dying she's clearly not too scared of their torture she's not like it's a it's an interesting and nuanced performance where she's she's wearing a lot of faces though i don't feel like nana visitor was comfortable in the latex face i feel like she was comfortable in the various phases that her character has to act oh yeah the various faces that she has to have throughout the course of navigating through the situation right right yeah. And to the fact that, like, I mean, I, I think that I like it when shows throw kind of crazy curveballs. Like if, like, by the end of this episode, we just realized that Kira was a Cardassian the whole time. Yeah. And she's got to, like, deal with that, like, in the next episode. And, like, has, like, lasting repercussions. Like, if the show went in that direction, I would have went with them. Yeah, me too. Yeah. They didn't do that. And that's fine. I don't feel like, right, right. you know, it's a path not taken. But, but the stakes of the episode, that's a real possibility. And I don't feel like you never feel like the show is discounting that right right and that's what i think works about it yeah especially on the first watch like on the rewatch you i mean it's yeah. great it's it's imminently rewatchable because you're like oh the things that Intech is telling her like of course i don't expect you to believe what we're telling you that you're this iliana gamor mm. like oh yeah there's a few different lines that are just like oh that plays well when you know that whatever mm-hmm. they bring back hasperat in fact, I would. I'm sorry. What, what, what? I would make the argument that maybe making her a Cardassian and having to deal with that is a better retcon origin for this character than they do with some other characters later down the road when they retcon their origin. I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay. I kind of, I kind of missed, I kind of missed that, that. I mean, I, I know that what you're referring to, and I am nominally, I am, I am nominally, I, I've watched the. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I've done a rewatch of this. I've done one watch through most of the show, so some of it I am a little bit. Uh, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to feel when I rewatch those reveals later. But I, I am right now. I'm a defender of them because I liked them when they first happened. But this, you're right. I think that this would be a a very consequential reveal for her. And I think that it would have, if you wanted to, and I'm sure Robert Hewitt Wolf like got drunk and talked about this to like Ronald Moore until he wouldn't shut up about it. But yes, that would actually make Kira as a national healing figure for Bajor more interesting. Uh, did he get drunk and talk to Ronald Moore about no, it? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm because, and then Ronald Moore. I'm creating. Like, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I have a fictional writer's room that goes no, on. No, no. I'm head. just saying. If you, <laughs> if he did, if he did, it just makes Battlestar Galactica a little bit more interesting. Exactly. Exactly. And, <laughs> no. and and I do. I will admit now, and I think we can probably start me talking about this. Like I think this is a good point. I do view that Battlestar Galactica is like a major league version of this show's triple a like i think that he got like ronald moore got to replay a bunch of things in his head and get it the way he wanted it maybe not the best way but the way he wanted not just for this show but voyager especially yeah yeah that's true but i think for this show too i mean i think that the sort of space politics and like the yeah yeah the pregnant you know like like, yeah but i'm just saying a ship that's on a journey that's falling apart and then where this the scars stay. That's true. Stay. That's true. And have and yeah, that has no le- no has no real hope of surviving. Yeah, and, yeah, that's straight yeah. up Voyager right there. Mm-hmm. But. but I think that this idea of identity and like who we are, I mean, that's obviously yeah, yeah. a huge thing. And yeah, yeah. And, well, not everything for Voyager because show just wasn't good enough to steal from. That's true. I need to watch. Um, someone on our Twitter feed said that I don't understand why everyone says that Voyager season one sucks. It's on par for the rest of the show yeah. and i was like well that means i don't have to watch it because i hate oh, <laughs> because if, i hate the first season now if whoever said that if they're listening right now you definitely need to call us and make a, a stronger <laughs> argument number again? because i feel that there are peaks and valleys with with voyager i am voyager's biggest advocate on this show and i disagree with that statement 100 <laughs> okay i mean i actually like okay. a lot of voyager so 
Yes. So season two, yeah, I, so season one is not representative of the show as a whole. The show gets a major reboot halfway through, but that's neither here nor, the, nor there because we're not Voyagers. <laughs> yeah. You're podcast. right. You're right. We're but... actually talking about a pretty good episode. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like of, I feel like a, Deep Space Nine. But I feel like like because we all kind of like it, we're all kind of like sucking each. Well, I feel like we can get. Lo- yeah, that's true. It's pretty easy to get lost in the weeds of Voyager. <laughs> is my yeah, opinion. that's true. Okay, okay. Uh, so we can talk Voyager later. Yeah. <laughs> Call us with reasons why I should. Let's work. talk Hesperat. Yeah. So um. So yeah. Let's. They mentioned Hesperat. The the kimchi burrito. Hasperat. Oh yes. It's only good warm. I was He makes he makes our Hasperat. Last time we mentioned it, I think I was worried that it never showed up in Deep Space Nine. Because like it Gamora was like, I know you don't like this. I made you something that you might like. It's Bajoran. Hasperat. Hasperat. And then it's like, You're not my dad. That's like a burrito made out of kimchi. Yeah. Okay. I mean, someone can tell it's exactly what it's made out of. Mm -hmm. That was my guess. Yeah. Uh, I haven't looked it up on the memory alpha or anything. Yeah. And then she talks about her Cardassian mom. She's like, my mother died of malnutrition at Singha refugee camp when I was three. Singha, like the beer. And then, oh, and then they go back to a great Cisco and Garrick, where Garrick steals Bashir and says, oh, let's go for a midnight stack. And then Bashir's like, no, I don't want to do that. I've got something. No, Garrick's like, no, I got to come. You're coming for a snack, damn it. Uh, and then they have the scene with Cisco and Garrick where he's like, all right. And Bashir called them to tell the principal what he told him. And he's like, ah, oh, do I have to? I'm like, yeah. And then he's like, Commander, this is extortion. And it's just great how Cisco is not like the other captains because he's like, yeah, I will blackmail a motherfucker. And uh, <laughs> yeah, this is extortion. And being the, not the greatest Federation type, maybe. Hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> <That's> a- yes. <laughs> yeah, they have, have. I mean, I think that this is this is another sort of evidence of where I think that they took the time in the off season between season two and season three to nail Cisco. Yeah. And so now that I think that he is a, like for the first time in the show, he's a, he's a coherent character who has some predictable sort of responses to things. Yeah. And that he is someone who understands that I think that he's got a little dirty. And I like, and I, and I think that that makes him more of a throwback to Kirk in some ways. Mm-hmm. But Kirk is, I mean, but also just like, like he's got a little dirty on him. And so this idea that he'll constantly manipulate Garrick, counter manipulate Garrick. And yeah, it's exactly. this idea that he's strong enough to not be manipulated. And I think that Picard wouldn't either, but Picard would kind of daddy them. Yeah. He would like, kind of be the bigger man in like a sort of a sort of like this ridiculous paternal sort of way. Right, right. Where Cisco is a lot more sort of American about it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and, and but he's not putting up with anything either, you know, like Yeah, I, I, I feel like, like Americans don't do paternal very well. We do like down and we do brawl. We do down and dirty. We do, you know, and, and I think that that is a little bit of, I think that works for the show. And I think that, that I think that they know how to make it. I think now that it's, he's a, he's a predictable character, not in a bad way, but you know, it was, I think before, no matter what Cisco said, it always seemed weird. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't just Avery Brooks's line reading. It was that the character himself wasn't consistent. Sometimes he was spouting rule books. Sometimes he was, you know, goofball. Sometimes he was despondent. Sometimes he didn't care. Sometimes he overcared. It's all very weird. And here, I think that it was like he's a man who rises to purpose, and he will not. He will use every weapon in his arsenal. Right. And that, is, this is... idea that he he could throw Garrick off Deep Space Nine, and that he knew that Garrick that Garrick knew that he could do that, and that Garrick, yeah. that that leverage for that was perfect. You know, yeah, and, like, oh, and I think I'm, yeah, and Garrick is just like another card for him to play. He knows how to mm-hmm. play every card. Yeah, right. But he also cares deeply for his like crew people. He's like, sure. You know, when Kira's mm-hmm. like, I got to go to Bajor. He's like, yeah, whatever you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, and, and that heart. Where I think that Picard, they almost had to go out of their way. But they got a lot of scenes in Next Generation where Picard has a scene where he shows that he gives a shit about someone. And that's because he doesn't mostly seem like he does. Right. Because his whole thing is that he's prickly and like, and, and, you know, yeah. and don't turn arm on, a, you know. A- aloof. And yeah, he's aloof. And Cisco isn't that. Cisco, I don't think they have to. And I think probably they stopped doing this after a while, but they don't have to show that Cisco has a deep care for O'Brien. Because you don't, that isn't a question that the show viewer has. Yeah, yeah. But Garrett, but one of the things is that 
that also that you see like that they do a thing where Garrick is the type of character who respects that. Right. And so I think that like Garrick responds to manipulation very well. And I think that when he's. Right. Oh, yeah. And then Garrick is like when Cisco says you're coming with us and then Garrick is like, OK, fine. But if shit goes down, I am going to turn on you so fast. And he's like, yeah, that's the first honest thing that I completely honest thing I think you've ever said. And Garrick respects that he called him out on it like yeah how perceptive of you (laughs) yes yeah i think that that was a perfect scene if robert here at wolf wrote that scene that's a thumbs up (laughs) and then they get on the defiant to go to cardassia they've got the uh they look like a cobarian freighter and then they they rehash the scene from the maquis when they get called (laughs) yes they have the screen where he's pretending to be the the alien dad from mac and me and then they pull, pull that down because Garrick is like, no, same way that Ducat was like, no, put me on screen. Garrick is like, no, put me on screen. And he's like, OK, <laughs> Alpha Red Priority Mission. Yes. Clear verification. Nine, two, one, eight, black. I sometimes think the way they treat the Obsidian Order, that would be. And I know that I know they're trying to make them look like badasses. But sometimes I think that if they had that much power, that would just be totally crippling to a nation state. Yeah. And so sometimes I think it's a little overworked if they get a back off on that a little bit, but it works. It's a, it's a tool that gets you out of a lot of storytelling. Right. Right. You know, and and I I appreciate it. I wouldn't have liked to have dealt with 15 minutes of them trying to get to Cardassia. Right. I wouldn't have liked that, but still. Well, and for all we know, it is crippling. Yeah. To Cardassia. We have no idea. That's true. I think the Cardassians are so, such like ingrained in them to defer to authority because the code that he gives the scout party or whatever isn't uh, it's not obsidian order it's from the central command oh yeah he just oh, had, he overheard when he was him in someone's pants an alpha oh, okay. red he code. just did it with authority so yeah and he had yeah. the right codes and they verified the codes and said it's all central command it's, it's an it's an older code sir but it checks out <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 that's true i just think that Sometimes the Obsidian Order seems to be so omnipotent that right, it strains credulity for you. We've had arguments about that. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like I mean, it, I'm all for like crippling city state, like you know, oppressive states. But I still think that, like, <laughs> good thing. Like <laughs> good thing that you're all yeah, for yeah, oppressive yeah, states. Good man. thing I'm yeah. about to live in one. I'm about to live in one. But well, by um, now you already are. <laughs> yeah, I am living in one. But nonetheless, like I think that it's uh, yeah. I don't know. I hope. Maybe that's a hope that I have. I hope that that a station, uh, a country would be crippled by that level of of abuse by intelligence agencies. You're right. You're right. But nonetheless, I wouldn't have wanted to, that scene to have gone on any longer. No, so. no. It was yeah, so it was a perfectly fine. And yeah. they show Kira her dead body, exhibit S1983I to show her that she is a Cardassian. I don't understand why that that was so convincing to her, but you're, you're yeah, right, right? Because they, yeah, it's like, no, you faked this. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. That's exactly but, what they uh, did. Yeah, she's getting the desegrinine desegrinine injections to make her remember, and they're not working. Yeah, been at, supposed to work in tower hours. It's been two days. She gives a nice, playful bullshit to Intech when he asks her questions. Yeah, that's a fun scene. Yeah. How many ops? I don't know. They never let me in. Like, how many federations are there? 40,000. Like, now, can we get? I have one point to make that this whole thing could collapse mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. What if Kira folds? Because <laughs> the whole thing, the whole thing is a setup to to catch the descent at the end. Yeah. If they they disappeared somebody who was actually not as strong as Kira, they had no idea Kira was so strong willed, really. If they did, they didn't make that case in the story. I mean, <laughs> but if she just folded and gave him gave him all the information that they wanted, mm-hmm. then you know, and then supposedly they know what Garrick had for breakfast every morning on Deep yeah. Space Nine. So all this, they know how many Federation people are on Deep Space Nine. This is all information that but, they really are. But that's Obsidian know. Order, who's not sharing it with Central Command. Uh, you, but it's a well, Subsidian Order. Yeah, that's but maybe they're just yeah. testing her to get her to turn. You know, who knows? And the fact that it is the Obsidian Order, they do have a profile of Kira. Probably, they at least know that she's not like if they got the real Ileana, she would break because she's a Cardassian. Sure, but, I understand that. But my thing is, they don't. Nothing like that is indicated in the story. It's just you just assume because well, we know Kira, and also now well, we do, but we don't know. We don't know that the Obsidian Order we know does. How you have to be deep in the weeds in your memory alpha to know. The ins and outs of Obsidian yeah. Order. We've already I mean? had the arguments about how badass the Obsidian Order is, and I agree. My contention is that 
it's more badass than y'all give it credit for. Sure. No, no, no. I, <laughs> because they state it over and over again. They, they, they do say it's badass. <laughs> they, they, they do a lot of show don't tell on that. But um, no, okay. What I would say is, I, I think that what he said is a fun thought experiment. Yeah, what if he did break, though? That would be good. And then it's also backed up by, isn't that the protocol with kidnappings now? If soldiers, high-level soldiers are kidnapped, the protocol is to change everything that they know, like all the codes or information or anything like that. So basically, they're just allowed to talk. Oh, yeah. So that, that like, a soldier does, just say what, say, just don't let them, don't hold out to be tortured. Yeah, just yeah. tell them everything, because we can change, the system is made so it can change everything. We know you're gone. So, <laughs> yeah. You see, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes they sense. they had that system in the 90s? No, no, they probably didn't. And they, yeah, no, they, I get that that's, that's a little, yeah, that's a little modern sort of Warcraft sort of yeah. philosophy, but it would be fun to see, like, yeah, you're right. But I think now that she would have just, they would have wrote that a little bit different where she could have just said, why, why does it matter how, if you know how many Federation soldiers are there? They also have a cloaking ship that can blow your shit up out of the water, you know, okay. and they probably want to broadcast that. Yeah. Well, they take I mean, it. They take it on a trip to like Cardassia. Right. Well, I don't know if they want to broadcast it, but they do have a good when Garrick's like Garrick's in the hallway. Like, confine him to quarters right now. Yeah, that's so true. It's just good. It's like, all right, that's smart. But Cisco knows what he's doing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's fun, but I, I do think that those scenes are really fun to watch. I think that she's really good in those scenes. Yeah. The breakdown when she looks in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Also, I I know I kind of I know I said off air that I, I that I found Kira more than a, more than a little attractive in the Kardashian makeup, but I also think <laughs> yeah. that she looked like a Kardashian more in the makeup. <laughs> like I think that she looked what? there's something about the jawline with that hair. I think she actually looked like <laughs> she had that yeah that that silky straight black. Well, hair. No, yeah, yes. That I think that she looked like a Chloe or I don't know them. I know <laughs> I, I know the one that's married to. I, I don't know them. It starts with a K. Well, they all start with yeah. <laughs> that's a good bet. She looks like a Kardashian. <laughs> so maybe Robert Kardashian. <laughs> Keeping up. With I know Robert the most. Yeah. <laughs> Who was this year? He was. He would have been a celebrity at the time that this was being filmed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, right. Ninety four. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> off the OJ trial. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about juice, 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 juice. juice. Juice, what are you doing? Juice, juice, juice. juice. <laughs> yeah. So she she breaks down and cries, and then her dad comes in, says, "Okay, you're not going to break. They're going to they're going to send you off to Obsidian Order headquarters, and you're never going to come back. I got to get you off Cardassia. Hey, guess what? I'm a member of the dissidents against the Central Command and Obsidian Order. Oh, like those guys from that." Casablanca episode that y'all hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is this is better. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna fight you on that. Things that have been set up throughout yes. the two and changed seasons so far, mm-hmm. they're not totally forgetting them, except when it's Kira's mom. Yes, yeah, they, they can't get Kira's mom right, but everything else is sort of yeah. And I, I do, I do. And this is a better them. story for Kira's mom than that. I do applaud story. them for setting up like you get little snippets here and there this episode that episode that the Cardassians are veering towards a failed state yeah and I think that that is interesting for when things blossom when the Mm storyline the arching overarching narrative of the of the entire show blossoms the failed state element of Cardassia is it's it's a nice reveal that like oh this was like it was totally rotting from within and it's such an interesting sort of reversal of fortune for every all of the sort of that I th- I think that they do a really good job of showing that that Cardassia is is got big problems that are about to be manipulated by well other forces and I think that that's I like that and I think that that's deftly handled and shows Iris Stephen Bear frankly as the showrunner as someone who has a plan and knows what he's doing uh, well how far I've came I've come on some of these things right yeah I know. Talking about grand season arcs and mm-hmm. television that goes so... We have that for this podcast. Yes. We go through changes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I have an arc. I, for one, I'm not even sure if I like Star Trek. <laughs> that's how much I've changed. <laughs> this show is starting you off of all Star Trek now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, finally, the B plot that has always been related to the A plot, where they got to get Kira back. Her fake dad is going to get her taken away with Ari, the 
worse Cardassian I think we've seen. <laughs> the dumb, yeah, the, the Cardassians have yeah, mimbos yeah. too. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. This... Well, I like how Ari's built up as what the true hero of of Cardassia, and then Retton <laughs> gets pretty much killed right away. Yeah. Yes. Like, no, I mean, if this is who you're relying, we on. feel like we're gonna spend a lot of time with Ari right before he gets smoked. <laughs> yeah, like. I trust those kids from the Quarks of Blanca episode more than Yes. <laughs> but he came in, he was... Yeah. So they're going to come, they're going to kill or take care of, go on trial against Legate Gamor. But then the DS9 crew comes to save the day. Cisco and Garrett come in with a bag that Cisco just nonchalantly tosses behind <laughs> it. <in tech. laughs> the fact, I get that what they were doing, but the fact that no one freaked out over him just tossing a bag across the floor. Yeah. Everybody's like, what? They're too concerned with the phaser <laughs> that know, he had at. Like, it looks like someone's like, yeah. why did you just throw a duffel bag on the floor? <laughs> yeah, what's, what? Why are you throwing your gym clothes over there, man? We, we don't have any money to put in the bag, man. It's like something you do at like a, like a bank robbery. <laughs> yeah. Throw the money in the bag. This, this is ice, yes. man. Everybody put your... Everybody be cool. <laughs> Put your money in the bag. Yes, uh, that was that was fun. So then they see Garrick and they're like, Garrick, what are you doing here? You're obsidian order. This is treason. It's like, oh, treason is not in the beholder. And then going back to that Quarks of Blank episode again, we, I had the question of where Garrick pulled that second phaser out that he had hidden his, in his ass. Mm-hmm. Turns out it wasn't hidden in his ass. It was a dick phaser because Intec pulls one right up from under his shirt. Oh, he pulled. <laughs> right, <where's the> <laughs> he's got it's got a dick holster. Yeah, yeah. It's... And he pulls a phaser out of his dick holster. And then, in contrast to Prophet and Loss, when Garrick Garrick doesn't just knock people out to kill him, he vaporizes them and they dissolve or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas that other guy, he's like, I never liked him. Yeah. In this episode, he shoots the guy, vaporizes him, and says, oh, shame, I always liked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they almost go out of their way to, like, they're still trying to make, at this point, and it, it's smart, is that when you have someone like Garrick, who you've set up as duplicitous and mysterious, when he becomes a little too popular, you gotta kind of, like... Walk it back a little walk bit. Walk it back a little bit, yeah, like, this guy's not, like, a good guy, you know, this guy's a pretty bad guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, like, that, and then, like, yeah. the... and even... Yeah, the last scene, too. Like, here, he gets to kill that guy. Yeah. And yeah, no, that because you're even like you didn't have to. They were gonna get away. Well, the guy was pulling a dick phaser on him. Yeah, that's true. One of the things that I missed in the seat that, that I think, if we're talking about overarching narratives, that maybe this episode missed was like Odo didn't really have a scene. I mean, he wanted to go, but he wasn't like extra intense on saving. Right. You know, but the strength of Rene Abin. Yes. You start with Aubergine. <laughs> so it just his his presence though really sells a lot of the I mean they cut to him and his and he's really satisfied with the work Cisco's doing with Garrick. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I, I and you I, know he, and was, and, he was fine. He was fine. And him and Kira have a special relationship where he's security officer. For Bajor, it's sort of a Bajoran issue. If you didn't know that he was in love with her, sure. they don't have a scene. But that they also have the scene. It feels that they way. They do have a scene together when she's first like, I was, they talk about she was in the the rebe- resistance and not at the Ellensburg Detention Center. And he's like, well, there's two options here. Either your memory's wrong or the records are fabricated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just, that would have been, yeah, you know, he could have, yeah. they could have done a, he's in love with her. They could have. St- little scene, like a little thing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, not too much. I, not, I don't know. Not too much. That. Yeah, because I'm kind of, that tires me. It's, it's, you got a long road so to hold there, buddy. There's a lot sit. of that shit going on. Hey, man, sh- <laughs> um, And then, oh, uh, Gamora gave her some jewelry that I don't know where it goes. It's not a bracelet. It's just like a floppy half bracelet is it not a bracelet i assumed it was a bracelet i guess it's a bracelet cardassians all basically wear the same two uniforms anyway so all right right yeah you never put it on it didn't seem like it was actual circle but whatever and then he's they take him to the station and he's like do you want to stay on the station he's like there's no place for me here they're not gonna pay me to be a member of the cast (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then the mathonite government has a spot for me because I guess the algebraites were already busy. <laughs> um, the calculites are trying to align with Cardassia, <laughs> so the general mathalites have yeah. to like. They're better than the more primitive arithmetic arithmeticulites. Yeah, the trigonometrites <laughs> are way yeah, too complicated. Yeah. And then, and then also going back to just Garrick is walk back as a good guy. Gamora is like, "Can I give you some fatherly advice, even though you're not my daughter? Mm-hmm. Do not trust Garrick. Don't ever trust him ever." And 
that actor does a good job of selling how serious he is about this. Yeah. Oh, something he did because those backstories that we got in the wire feel like we're missing a whole lot. We already knew they were all false, but there's probably a, something a lot bigger too. Yeah. No, I, and then I felt like they talk about daughter that you said comes back in one of the novels and he's like, Oh, I, are you looking for your daughter? Like, do you think she's alive? He's like, Oh, I have to pretend she's alive. She's my daughter. And then when Kira says to him, I'm sure your daughter must have loved you very much. It feels like to me, this is the Peter Allen feels ambiguity because she's like, Oh, she did. <laughs> like, there's no chance that your daughter's alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, She's definitely dead, but you're just, I understand that you can't accept that. Yeah. And I think, I think that that's a missed opportunity. Like, I think that the idea that, that they didn't even humor that the idea that, that she could exist because it's such a juicy idea, right? right? You get to give Nana a visitor a double role. She's probably secret. She's trapped on Bajor, dying, like still working for the Cardassians. It's got to be a hellish sort of existence right. you know so it's it's maybe the producers are like we already gave you a mirror uh, version of kira we're not giving you a third one don't get greedy yeah i mean but she's she's yeah, worked we up could barely give dak something to do and here you are wanting a third character <laughs> right. i mean she hey i'd give it to her she could pull it like when she plays iliana in just the video recording that she finally watches that intech keeps insisting she watch and she doesn't for a long time mm-hmm. she does a great job of just selling that she's a younger I mean, it's she's just using a voice that's different, but yeah. that Ileana performance is great. Just character. This is her. Character yeah, no, this is her best work yet. I think she's easily probably the fourth. She's probably the fifth best actor on the show. But Armin Shimmerman is a character actor. I, I I think that she's the. F- I am fourth most interested in her. Yeah, I might be third. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that I like. Oh, I I think Comalini's a good character. A good actor and a good, and I think O'Brien's a good character. I know you don't argue. And obviously Odo is, is fabulous and, and Cisco is fabulous. So like, I think that Kira's fourth and that's better than. She's before Quark. She's before, I'm much more interested in watching Kira episodes than Quark episodes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I think Armin Shimmerman's a, just, just a class act actor. So, I mean, like he's a professional. So. Yeah, but Ferengi episodes can get. Yeah. He's, he's in a, he's in a smaller box. Yeah. As much as I, I love Ferengi, but. All right. Well, that covers this episode. It sure does. You guys want me to go over the rating, real, the IMDb rating real quick? All right. Um, 8.5. Oh, I was, okay. I was going to say 8. I'll give it an 8.2. We had 625 votes on this, and it was a 7.8. Mm. I think it's not. Fuck them. Well, really? I, yeah, I think that people are kind of with me on this. I think it's. I think, yeah, apparently. I think it's it's a fine episode. I don't think it's the one that people reach for when they want to come home and watch a Deep Space Nine. These are the same people that love the Mirror episode. Just let me point that out yeah. before you get on their side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yes, people like Mirror episodes more than I'm Speaking as a guy who liked the Mirror, Mirror episode, but I know that was a big point of contention for you guys. <laughs> don't make me bring up the vehicle. Don't. Yes, and we and thankfully we get a, we get a chance to revisit <laughs> yes. that argument. On worst yeah. episodes, I think. I don't remember, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I, I don't know. I, I'm really excited about this. Next week, we have an episode called The Abandoned, I think. Quark accidentally buys a baby. Oh, God. And it's, uh, I've watched it already once. It's too Ferengi and a baby? No, it's, it's good. It's, uh. There, it's a Jemadar baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I remember. Yes. All right. So. No spoilers, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember what happens with Jim. It's just. With those kind of babies. Yeah, with those babies. So it's pretty great. I like this episode a lot. I think there's a Rick and Morty episode along similar premises. It is very much like a Rick and Morty episode. Oh my god, you're right. It is like that episode where the son is like, uh, but I want to murder. I want to murder. Save it for the next episode. I will watch that Rick and Morty episode in preparation for next week's episode. <laughs> what episode is that? Uh, we'll talk about it. I said we can edit it out. It's right. Jim Adar, baby. They found a Jim Adarby. No, I know the Jim Adarby. Oh, which there's is a Rick, Rick and Morty, Morty episode, episode where Rick fucks a robot, but it turns where? out that where Morty fucks buys a fuck robot, and he spends like all week <laughs> fucking it, but it turns out it's not. It's a sperm receptacle for a violent alien race. It's like a Zardoz type situation yeah. where a group of women. Right, right, but we'll talk about yes, that next. I'm going to watch yes. that too in preparation. Yes, very good. I might call. watch Zardoz in preparation. <laughs> Tell me we have a Zardoz episode of DSM. Oh my god. We should do a Zardoz. We should do a Zardoz podcast. We already do. In a mm. no, I don't. And here we are back in our voicemail segment. I guess we still don't have an official name for this yet, do we? 
Yeah, we need to get on that. Yeah. You know, some bullshit, I don't know, some Star mm-hmm. Trek gadget. Incoming transmissions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Subspace, subspace, tra- subspace messages? Space transmissions. Well, I'm sure the, everybody will list, enjoy listening to this workshop at here live <laughs> on the rules yeah. of acquisition. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> we'll get it do, down to a Twitter poll. But yeah, let's just jump into it. Let me see. We've got a few voicemails we're going to listen to tonight. First up, we got... Not an email. It's not an email. It's a voicemail from a Twitter follower of ours called Pluto Burns. Oh, I know Pluto Burns. Yeah, we'll just jump into it. They're they're pretty great. They do a, I think it's an anime review thing. Uh, just find Pluto Burns on Twitter and, and follow, you know, mm-hmm. find out what they're about. Here we go. Hi, Rules of Acquisition. This is Pluto Burns. It was very nice of you guys to follow me on Twitter. Please uh, give me a little shout out to me. I'm desperate. Um, been loving your show for a while now. It helps me get through long drives at work, you know, playing in the background. Keeps me awake. So you guys aren't boring. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, nothing specific, just a couple little things. Um, okay, I loved your little bit on the OA, your little side podcast on the OA, but I was very surprised you did not mention that Rosalind Chow was in it because I freaked out when I saw her. Granted, she was in, like, two scenes and did nothing important to the plot, but she was there, damn it. <laughs> um, I guess the only other big thing, I've, I'm sure I've forgotten all of it in the uh, excitement of actually talking to you guys, but the other big thing I want to say is, I know that as the seasons get better and better, you're not going to necessarily want to do the what would we change thing every episode, but if you get, like, a stinker, please feel free to bring it back, because I actually find that a very, you know, useful mental exercise to look at something that isn't working and try and figure out how you go about fixing it without, you know, just junking it and starting all over. It it, it, it helps me be creative, and I like it every time you guys would do that, especially for the episodes that were just so close. They were so close. They could have been great. Uh, so, yeah, just keep up the good work, and I love to listen to you guys. Bye. All right. Uh, there you go. Awesome. I guess I thought, because I listened to our OA podcast, but I guess a little inside baseball, we recorded that twice, and at neither time did the recording work out for us. Yeah, we had technical issues, but we did mention Rosalind Chow. I was about to say, we totally mentioned Rosalind Chow in that. Right. But you know what? Like, maybe we didn't. Like Maybe it didn't make it into the cut. That- like, that's what I was trying to remember. <laughs> like Yeah, me too. I, I thought we did, but hey, man, I'm glad it was enjoyable, because I was really worried about how much it got cut up. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. glad that he liked it, and I'm glad that... That, yeah, that our uh, Deep Space Nine fans liked our little extracurricular activity, and that we might we might do something like that in the future. Mm-hmm. I also appreciate the fact that you like the what you would fix segment. I think that if we like on our own ever have like a really good idea to fix something, we will we'll probably just mention it. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. Don't hold back. If you have a thing to fix, do it. Maybe we don't have to take as much time. The other thing with these voicemail segments and everything, uh, the podcasts. I'm gonna go out on a limb. It's gonna start to run a little bit longer i can see that yeah that's a problem let us know yeah it was it was okay, dropped, like keep it, was... it under an hour assholes <laughs> tell us and you know if enough people say so but if you don't mind it being a little bit longer also you can let us know and you know we'll get some feedback also on as far as keeping you awake during your drive i appreciate that and if you would want us to start yelling randomly in the middle of our podcast <laughs> to wake you up, we can do that. Oh, you mean like I, like I just, like did? you just did. Wake up, wake up. yeah. Right. Sorry, wake up, Pluto birds. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for the call. Yeah. I actually think I actually miss doing the what would be changed because it's easier on episodes when it's like clear when I clearly what's wrong. Like today, not today. Sorry, don't bring that up. Shit. When is this gonna air? It's gonna air next week. Well, but like an episode like Second Skin, that's harder to do because it works. Yeah. But there's other episodes where you're just like, it just needs like a thing changed. I think of it a lot, but I, I did find that I liked having to come up with something even when I didn't have one. It is an exercise. Because it, it, it is an exercise. Yeah, it's a, it's. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I do agree. It was fun to do and it. Yeah, it helped for what we were trying to do with this podcast. Yeah. Well, we're still working things out. Maybe yeah. maybe we can bring it back on the occasion special segment. Yeah. We could re- yeah. do some premeditated segment changes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And now coming up, we have another voicemail from Warren Cantrell. Oh. Yeah. You remember him from before? I believe it's 10 Rant on Twitter. The numeral 10 and Rant, R-A-N-T. You can follow him. And y'all want to just jump into this one. Let's hear it, Warren. Fellas, Warren here out in Seattle. Just, uh, Dropping you a quick uh, voicemail to ask you a couple questions. I'll try and keep it brief because I know the uh, Brian Thompson screed went a little long last time. <laughs> so uh, question one, 
what do you think is worse, this episode, Equilibrium, or the lost opportunity that this show had at actually drawing out the Dax character by going to wherever the hell Dax homeworld is and all of the unpacking of that character that could have taken place in this episode. Is that lost opportunity worse than the pain induced by this episode (laughs) and how just brutally awful it is from the Sherlock Holmes style exposition to the Scooby-Doo looking villain who I swear to Christ, I thought was going to be old man Carruthers when he pulled off that mask and revealed that he would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for these pesky DS Niners and their dog. So yeah, just throwing that out to the trio. Want to get your thoughts on that because, um, yeah, this episode fucking sucks, man. I mean, it sucks real goddamn hard. Uh, question number two. What would you say if you're going to maybe at a later date put into your, what would be the opposite of the white album, your black album, the, the 10 episodes from any, any season or maybe up to this point where you think if I was going to put together 10 episodes of DS9 to really torture someone, what would they be? Um, and to be honest with you, just to kind of show my hand a little bit, I would put this one, uh, Equilibrium, as well as Babel. And, you know, we like shitting on Move Along Home, so might as well just throw that in there. Uh, anyway, well, actually, yeah, maybe Second Sight. All right, let's do four. Anyway, <laughs> uh, if you guys were to at one point do uh, an episode where you put in your black album, whatever uh, opposite of white album would be, what would be on there, and uh, would this be on it? Anyway. Thanks again for all that you guys do, and uh, see you on the flip side. Uh, okay. I, I'd like to say right off the bat, the opposite of the White Album is probably not the Black Album, but the Magical Mystery Tour. <laughs> so, so if we were gonna, if we were gonna send, if we were gonna send somebody on a Magical it's Mystery, a f- fucking Metallica, man. Yeah. <laughs> if we were Inner Sandman and Jay Z, if we were gonna send somebody on a, on a Magical Mystery Tour of awfulness, I think that we should do that one. We should definitely. I'd like to do that maybe when we're done with the series yeah have a special episode where we just go through a list of like if we wanted to turn somebody off and show them the worst of the worst what would we pick that's a great idea Warren. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah there'll be more than four once we're at the end of the series yeah i will say that uh, there is an episode that we've recorded since equilibrium but before this this will air that i've i've called the worst <laughs> episode in the series yeah i that would i know i know exactly which one you're talking about and i would probably put that on mine as well uh-huh. if we had to but i could probably i could easily find four before second skin like for instance second sight would definitely go on my black album yeah, oh yeah yeah no I would yeah agree. i know exactly which one you're talking about you can call in guests uh guests <laughs> yeah you're our, you're all our guests if you call in and you're on the show you're a guest mm-hmm. sure. And tell us which one from the future you think it might be, and we will spoil nothing. Uh-huh. Um, also, as far as his equilibrium, which which is worse, <laughs> equilibrium or <laughs> yeah, yeah, Warren really hates equilibrium, guys. But I'm I'm right there with him. Yeah, I, I think that <laughs> I was when I was listening to the the podcast last week. We were pretty nice on it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It was. It, well, I mean, we were shitting on it, but like we we were very clear that it wasn't very good. But it wasn't, we didn't relish in the hatred like we did with Second Skin yeah. or, Second Skin was awful. Not Second Skin, no, when, whoa, whoa, Second Sight. Second, second Sight, sight, was, second, sight. Second, skin. second Skin was great. No, Second Sight Yeah, was, that's what we, that's the one we just did. <laughs> yes. Remember time travel? <laughs> I'm trying to remember ta- like what I just did. Mm-hmm. I like Move move Along Home was so fun. Nope, still on my list. No, it's on the list, but it is it's got a room the room like quality to it that uh that makes it enjoyable. Yeah, I completely agree. So Yeah, yeah. I'd put that one eh, yeah, we'll throw Babel on there. Second sight, definitely. Yeah. And eh, maybe I'd throw rules of acquisition on there. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty bad. But uh oh, a little off topic. It bothers me over the last year that there's a better movie movie called room said i think that when like a great like a good movie called room so when you talk about tommy Wiseau's the room it's hard to clarify specifically you have to like call it the the, the room not room yeah the room you can't even see not the room yeah. not the bad one the not, room, yeah. the room. Yes. oh shit it's yeah. so it's it's really hard 
It is really hard. Uh, that's a frustrating for me because I talk about Tommy Wiseau's The Room all the time. Oh yeah, I know. It's pretty much. My, I've watched it. With it's you. pretty much my favorite. <laughs> I've watched it at your house. I could watch it. I could watch it once a week. It makes me so happy. But all right. You're tearing me apart. <laughs> I just love every. I love every little thing about it. But anyway. <laughs> all right. All right. What we got next? Yeah. So speaking of, well, Warren hated Equilibrium. We've got another one coming up from somebody. Hey, and and we were we weren't so hard on the episode as we could have been. And I found some good things to say about it. And so did this listener. Uh, this is Kyle. Hi, my name is Kyle, and I played guitar for a number of years. And so this recent episode of Equilibrium has really touched me. Uh, I feel it is similar to the episode of. The Siege of AR-558, where Nog has a similar experience of music that Jaxia Dax has received in this episode. If you're interested, I wrote a little uh, structured uh, sentence or few sentences of what the guitar is to me, so I could relate it to this episode of Equilibrium, because the melody may be out of tune to your ears. So here it is. The guitar is a magical device where as subconscious meaning to any thought in it while playing is suddenly broadcasted for any open ears to appear. And any number of images contrived from any previous experiences. Perhaps a more concrete method of translation is the word meditation. For any mind familiar with the concept of yoga and or meditation is a mind aware of these concepts. For a mind aware of lucid dreaming is aware of these concepts. The act of preserving these images that are entirely subjective and given only meaning by those uniquely available to do so. In other words, not many. A rather lonely feeling to be a part of a sound that that is out of tune is another way of putting it. Feel the emotion of sadness and throw the color of blue on top of it. The mind creates the sound of it from there. Um, That's all I have to say. Uh, I enjoy your podcast. I'll be listening every Monday. Thank you. Okay, so that was Kyle. Is that correct? That was Kyle. Awesome. Well, first, I don't know if you guys got any thoughts right off the top of your head, but I want to tell Kyle, thank you for calling in first off. And I think that this is kind of one of the reasons why we do the show is because, you know, Deep Space Nine affects people in ways that we can't foresee. And an episode like Equilibrium, if you're a musician and you feel a certain way about music, I guess that's like an angle I wouldn't have thought or, you know, I wouldn't have imagined. So mm-hmm. having somebody call in and express what it means to them, I think that's that's what we're here for. And that's why we've got the voicemail. So thanks again, Kyle, for for your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, like art is generally such a subjective thing that you don't. And I, that happens to me all the time. Is it's something that like hits me that is so personal that it's hard you know it's hard for me to like think of it outside of that very emotional response that i had and since we're trying to like you know art all art is trying to evoke an emotional response so so that means that it was effective to you and to to a lot of people and so no it's good to hear that perspective all right Mm -hmm. well do we have any other calls this week should we give out the phone number one more time oh yeah yeah if you have anything to add or anything you want to talk to us about you can call us at 917-408-3898. Yeah, and thanks to call again for the call, Kyle. Yep. Much appreciated. Yes. All right. Well, that is that is it for us here at the Rules of Acquisition. Join us next week when we'll be talking about more Deep Space Nine. Three to beam out. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line? where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes. They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? 
please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.